Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, as always, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about a better way to communicate. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and something to write with. As always, I have some really good things to share with you today. Yes, we're going to talk about a better way to communicate specifically with married couples. So if you are married, maybe you can go and grab your wife or your husband right now and y'all can listen to this episode together and take some notes again and just communicate after this show is over. And prayerfully, there'll be some things that I will share with you that can help your marriage take off and go to the next level. As always, I want to start off with a Bible verse, and that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 33. And it reads like this, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. I'm going to read you another translation. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. And that's so true. Anytime I can tell when I'm dealing with couples or even things that are outside of counseling that I do, and even within my own marriage, when manners get up and down and people are snippy and snappy. I know something is going on. You can always tell that the communication is not what it should be when those manners are not there. So it's a giveaway. When someone is mistreating you, then chances are something in that communication that day, last week, last month, two months ago, stuff that were not hashed out generally comes back up. And you can always kind of use that as a guide to say, let's talk about this because apparently there was some bad communication that happened. Something I said, said it the wrong way, or I said it in a good way. And maybe it was taken out of context or taken the wrong way. And so communication, as you know, is vital to a long and healthy relationship between you your spouse. However, it can be difficult, especially as it relates to communicating and sharing how you really feel. And so we've got to begin to master that. And when we don't master it, it will master us and cause some things to blow up in the context of our marriage. When couples enter counseling for marital problems, a top priority is usually developing a better way to communicate. And a lot of times with the counseling that I've done in the past, people just don't know how to talk to one another because they didn't learn how to do it in the context of their home when they were growing up. I'm telling you, you can trace back a lot of your issues to the way that you were reared. I'm telling you, it shows up every time. But you don't have to be a victim of the things that you learned from your parents because they learned it from their parents. I'm telling you, man, it's a vicious 
cycle. And so we can break that cycle and learn how to be effective communicators, but more importantly, be effective listeners because nobody is perfect. When you remember this fact that nobody is perfect, you will be ahead of the game and you will strengthen those areas in your life that are weak. Nobody else thinks the way you do. Nobody else talks the way you do. Nobody else reasons, perceives, imagines, understands the way that you do. So you need grace in your marriage when you're dealing with another person. It's just that simple. You need to ask God for the grace for you to be married to the person that you're with. And since we know that God has already given us these things, we also need to ask God to reveal to us the grace of God that is in us already and allow that thing to flow out of us when we are talking and communicating with our spouse. Because since we are together, we want to be happy, We want to make sure that we're being respectful to one another because the reality is I always tell people that marriage is ministry. We are helping one another be all that we can be for the marriage, for the kids, so that we can be an example to other people out here who are looking to get married. So I have about seven of these things that I want to share with you, and it is my hope and prayer that they will be a blessing to your life. Number one, be honest. Yes, be honest. Honesty is always the best policy. But here's the reality. Can you be honest with your spouse about anything? Because I know that there are certain subjects in marriages that certain spouses, they, we just can't talk about. We try to talk about it before. We tried to broach the subject before. We get in the side eye, attitudes, people are saying things, people are being chippy in the conversation. So we just got to go back to square one and say, yes, let's be honest. But if you know that you can't be honest in a certain conversation, don't even broach it right now. Don't even talk about it right now until you within yourself can be mature enough to listen to the honesty that's coming from your spouse. And I always say this, don't ask me a question if you don't want me to be honest. If you don't want me to be honest, just don't ask me. Because reality is, is that you can't control how your spouse is going to say what they need to say. And because they said something and they were honest about it, maybe you didn't like the tone and the tenor by which they communicated it with you. Here's the reality. Let's deal with what they said, not how they said it. Because you don't always say things the right way. You don't always, as the word says, season your words with grace and love. So again, we need to give one another the space and the time and the freedom that maybe we just don't need to talk about this right now because every time we try to talk about it, we get attitudes and then we start fussing and fighting. So you even have to be, you know, really mature about the things we can talk about and the things that we can share. Now, again, you may say, man, but that's bad because, you know, we're never going to be able to talk about this issue. There's a time and a season, I believe, to talk about everything, even in the context of marriage. We need to wait, pray, talk to God about this, ask the Lord to give us a tender heart where our spouses are concerned and then go back to it. But yes, we always want to be honest in a marriage because it can damage the communication between the both of you. And it's more difficult to express yourself when you feel like there isn't the basis of trust. 
and we know trust is very important. You can spend a lifetime building it and then one lie, one omission, one anything will tear down the trust that you've been building for a long time. So again, I want you to realize, yes, we should be honest. But if you know, if a spouse realizes that, hey, right now we can't talk about this because I'm not sure if I can really share with you how I feel. Because the last time I did it, it blew up in my face. The last time I did it, you didn't speak to me for a week. And so we got to be honest and mature about this, right? So at the end of the day, that we'll come back to it after we have grown up a little bit more. Because this notion that the person you marry doesn't have to grow, doesn't have to mature, doesn't have to learn how to listen, doesn't have to learn how to communicate is a fallacy. You are not married to the person that they are going to be. The scripture says that the two shall become one. That's a process. That is not when you say I do in front of the preacher and all of the people that were there attending your wedding. We have to grow and you should give your spouse and yourself time to grow. And when you do, you'll be able to flow better in honesty with one another and build that relationship that glorifies God. Number two, listen well. I can't overstate this enough. Listen well, because I don't know about you. Many times we didn't learn this in our homes. We most certainly didn't learn it like we should have in our school systems. And so we just don't know how to listen. And listening is a skill because communication is a two-way street and listening is half of that equation. When you're good at listening, you can become good at interpreting and understanding your spouse's underlying feelings. If you just zip your lip and just listen, don't say nothing. I know the words are trying to come out of your mouth, but just listen to what they have to say. You'll be able to tell the pain points. You'll be able to tell maybe what you said that you shouldn't have said a week ago. We don't listen like we should. We're too busy trying to give our point, but you cannot talk at the same time as your spouse and think you're going to get something done. It's just not going to happen. And when you do this, again, you'll be able to understand your spouse even more and you'll be able to prevent an argument. When you know that you're getting ready to say something, you just got to chuck it up. You just got to swallow that and say, right now, I need to give my spouse undivided attention, love and respect because that's what you want. So you give what you want. And sometimes we don't do that because we're so busy trying to get what we need. But giving is first before you receive. Sowing is first before you receive. It's better to give than it is to receive. But the law of reciprocity is going to come back for you. You will have your opportunity to share, to make input, to tell it your side of how you saw it. But initially, you need to allow your spouse to talk freely and you listen. And when we do this, again, we'll become better at it. And I'm telling you, man, listening reveals so many things that talking never does. Because generally, we good at talking and running our mouth, but we're not very good at listening. So slow it down and listen well. Number three, let your partner finish what they're saying. 
It's just what we talked about. So we got to be quiet and let them finish what they're saying. Whether you're in the middle of an argument of your spouse just telling a story, be sure to hear them out. Anytime I'm doing counseling, I can tell the wife will start talking and then the husband will get mad. He'll break in and vice versa. And right there from the beginning, I can tell why they can't get anything done. I can tell why they always fussing and fighting. I can tell why things are not the way that they should, because we don't know how to let our partner finish speaking. It's just disrespectful. It's just dishonorable to just cut people off. And it's a bad habit. And it's a habit that we have gone on for far too long and nobody told us. Has anybody ever told you, let me finish speaking? I was going to tell you. But we get offended when someone tells us something or try to show us something that we did within a marital context. But this is not about you. This is about the marriage. This is about the issue. This is about the reason why we can't connect. This is about the reason why we can't walk hand in hand. This is why we can't get anything done. This is why maybe we haven't gone on a vacation or we haven't paid a bill off. All of this happens just by the simple fact we will not let our partner finish saying what they have to say. And it's so important. Make sure. And you got to calm down. Because remember now, marriage is for mature people. And that's something that I tell people in that marriage dating situation or the premarital situation while we're doing premarital counseling. Are you mature enough to get married? Can you listen? Can you be quiet? Can you let somebody finish a conversation? Because if not, that stuff bleeds over into every situation of our life. If you don't want anybody cutting you off, then don't you cut them off. Let them speak. Let them get it all out. And then you can say, are you finished? If they say, I want to say a few more things, then just be quiet and listen. Be quiet and maintain and control yourself. I think one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. We got to be able to control ourselves. You should never let any, even somebody you talking to that's not your spouse, push your buttons to the point where you cannot stay in control of your emotions. And I've heard people say this, and it really makes me mad when they say, you made me angry. Wait a minute. You got to be able to control what people do. Not necessarily what people do, but how you respond to it. Nobody should be able to just pull you all around town, pull your emotions and unravel you. No, you got to be able to calm down and say, hey, I'm going to let you finish because I will have a time to speak. It's like a childish, it's like dealing with kids. I used to teach in the school system and kids, they just want to tell their side of the story. They're cutting one another off and grownups are no different. Because we haven't learned and we haven't mastered our emotions. So make sure that you let your partner finish what they are saying. And again, this will tell you that your spouse is so important to you. It'll tell you that when you can let them finish speaking and what they have to say. Don't interrupt. Don't jump in. Let them finish the story. Point number four, share your feelings. That's the only feelings that you have. And your feelings are not wrong, but they might be incomplete. 
And this is why you have to share them with your spouse so you can complete the whole puzzle. Because sometimes we're upset at our wife, we're upset at our husband, and we just said something, but we didn't share our complete feelings on a said situation. So all they can go off on is what you said the last time. So it's so important that when we walk together in a marriage, we walk together as a couple, that we learn how to share our feelings. Learn how to express your feelings with regularity, right? And if this helps, you might need to schedule a time to do it. You know, this is a time that we're going to get together and talk about our day. This is a time that we're going to get together. Always say huddle before you cuddle. I'm going to say that again. Huddle before you cuddle. So before you lay down at night with your spouse, huddle. Let's get a huddle together and talk about it. Let's communicate our day, communicate our fears, communicate why we were a little bit snappy when I talked to you on my lunch break. We have to huddle before we cuddle. And if we learn how to huddle real well, then come on now. The cuddling is going to be that much more amazing. It's going to be that much more great. Many times we cannot connect with our spouse sexually because we can't connect with them on a communication tip. So we got to learn again how to huddle better and get it all out. And it keeps you connected to your spouse. And you'll always know, well, she did tell you that a week ago. She did tell you that last night. And just because you wake up in the morning for a woman, it ain't over. They're still processing. They're still dealing. You know, men, we can do something and we wake up the next morning, man, it's a new day. We going after it. Sometimes we don't even remember what we said. And our spouse, they're like elephants. They remember exactly what you did, what you said, what you had on, what you smelled like. They know. I mean, women are just amazing in that way. But we cannot expect our women to be like us. We can move forward. Many times they cannot. So again, we have to make sure that we allow both parties, but especially our wives, to share their feelings. Number five, make time for each other. This is key. Make time for each other. Make your spouse a priority. Just like you did, just like she did when you all were dating, y'all made time for one another. It was important. Many times you spend six, seven hours on the phone. You went out on dates every other day. But when we get married, we feel like, well, I got you now. Then I can just do it. We can just go back to just taking one another for granted. But let's not do that. I know jobs are necessary. Kids, they're there. They need to be fed, changed, nurtured, taken care of. I get all of that. But listen, this is your wife. This is your husband. We cannot disrespect and dishonor us. We can't dishonor one another. Because I always tell people this. Your kids are going to grow up. Yeah, they three. Yeah, they four. But they going to turn 16, 18, 19. And guess what? they going to leave you. Then you're going to be stuck with your spouse that you've taken for granted. And then you're going to try to put your marriage back together, but it may not be one to put back together. So make sure that you are spending some time with one another, communicating. And even in those activities, you know, I always tell uh, husbands and wives, you may not like that your husband watches football, but you know what? Take some time and spend time with him. If just being with him is what's important to you, then it doesn't really matter, right? Same thing for the husband with the wife. You may not like to go to the grocery store. You may not like to watch a certain TV show that they like to watch. But you know what? 
This is about y'all spending some time together doing things that are important to the other person. And that's what's key. We have to learn how to do things with one another that you may not like doing because that's what marriage is about. It's not about you. We have given up the eyes for us. And so we've given that up. So now we just got to come together and make this thing be what it's got to be. We got to make it do what it got to do. And so you can't be selfish. It's again, it's not about you. If you know you a selfish individual, and this is for people who are not married yet, but if you know you self-centered and stuck on yourself, please don't get married. Don't do it. Always ask people that in premarital counseling on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest, are you a selfish person? And don't give me the answer you think I want to hear. You don't know what I want to hear, but I think it's so important that you hear it. So if you know you selfish, then marriage right now is not for you. You like being by yourself. You like coming home and going up to your room or whatever the case may be. Marriage is not for you. Now, that does not mean as husbands and wives, we don't need space. We do. We need time apart. We need time to think. We need time to hang out with a friend or or someone else that, you know, women like to hang out with their girlfriends and men like to hang out with their homeboys or whatever the case may be be. We do need time apart. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm talking about you don't ever like to be with anybody. (laughs) And I know people who say, well, I just want to come together for marriage, you know, for the times I need to spend with someone. No, just get you a dog, get you a cat, get you a goldfish. But I'm telling you, if you start treating animals bad, they're going to leave you too. So we have to learn to know our own selves and know that maybe right now, this is not the time for me to get married because I know I've got to make some priority time for my spouse. I know I have to do it. And so when you do this again, this will reinforce in both of you all how important one another is to each other. You'll be able to say to your spouse, hey, you know, we're going to come together on Mondays. This is our time. We're going to hang out. We're going to kick it. We just going to have a blast. And it'll help you to see why you married your spouse, help you to appreciate how they're growing and evolving. It'll help you understand new things about them that you didn't know was there. See, you can't do that apart, obviously, but somehow or another, life gets in the way of our marriage. Don't let your job come between your marriage. I'm going to say something very provocative. Don't let your children come between your marriage. Again, I'm going to reiterate, your kids going to grow up and they going to leave you and you're going to be stuck. So remember now what you sow is what you reap. So don't tell me you don't have time to spend with your spouse. Don't tell me you don't have time to spend with your wife, your husband. Yes, you do. If you love them and they are a priority for you and to you, and if you're that busy, maybe you shouldn't have got married. If you that caught up, maybe something else has to happen in your thought life to help you spin around and see, hey, I've been taking my spouse for granted no longer. We're going to make a plan and we're going to stick with it. Number six, avoid reacting in anger. I always say, if you angry, let's take a chill pill. You go to your corner, I'll go to my corner. 
I'll go for a walk. You go meditate, whatever you got to do. And we'll talk about this later because we don't want anything to exacerbate. And now we yelling and screaming. And I'm telling you, fist fights and all kind of things happen. Yes, even among Christian couples. And so we have to make sure that when we are angry, let's not avoid, let's not continue to ratchet this up. But let's understand what this is and take a time out. We should be allowed to take a time out and come back to this later. This is especially important if you tend to say things you don't mean in the heat of an argument. Because some of us can be cutthroat, man. We going for the juggler. I mean, we going for the one hitter quitter in certain times and situations when we upset. And if you know you that way, you need to spend some time with God. You might need to get some counseling or some therapy because a lot of this stuff, again, is long before you got with your spouse. If you just an angry individual, your spouse got nothing to do with that. That was you before you met them. And you need to deal with that before you get married. Too many people I know don't think marriage counseling is important, but it is. That's just like saying getting a driver. That's like saying not studying for the driver's test is not important. Yes, it is because it's going to determine whether you get your license and it's going to determine even in the marriage how long y'all even stay together. Even in the marriage process, even in the dating game, y'all may not even make it out of three dates because you always blowing up. You always getting angry. You always getting upset. We cannot behave in this manner. And so when you know that this is you, you just need to make sure that you are learning more about you and the things that make you tick and getting counseling and rediscovering and uncovering those things are going to help you be able to communicate more with your spouse in a great way. All right. My last point here, point number seven, pray together. Man, I could preach a sermon on this, but I'm not going to, but I think this is so important. Pray together. We have to do this. Here's one thing about prayer, especially as it relates to marriage situations. We know that we cannot walk together unless there's an agreement. The best way to agree is in prayer. That's how we agree. That's how we come together. That's how we connect. That's how we bond. That's how we can declare and decree. Because if we want God's help in our marriage, and we should, then there's no way God is going to come in when we don't pray together. And I would say this, when you don't pray together, you don't have an agreement. You don't have an agreement about how you're going to raise the kids. You don't have an agreement about where the money is going. You don't have an agreement about anything. And prayer is our way that we declare and decree and affirm what we see about one another. And again, and I said this earlier in the show, that this notion that when you get married, your spouse is already put together, they're all you ever going to need is a lie. They need to grow. They need to mature. They need to learn how to be a wife and a husband. They need to learn how to love, forgive. All of this is built in the context of marriage. But one of the things as a spouse you need to do is affirm what you see about your husband. When you're praying together, 
talk to him. When you're talking to God, I'm affirming the God in my husband. And you can declare and decree that he's a great man. He's a working man. He's a loving man. He needs to hear it. And the same thing for the wife. Prophesy and declare and decree what you see about your wife because she may be dealing with low self-esteem. She may be dealing with fear, insecurity, anxiety, and you around her, you can see certain things that she's doing. But in prayer is where we come together and we allow God to come into that situation. And I'm telling you, a threefold cord is not easily broken. And so many dynamic, wonderful things can happen when we are praying together for a situation, looking for insight from God, revelation from the Lord about the next move, about how to raise our kids, about when to have children, about where to buy this house, what school the kids are going to go to, just all the business things that are in a marriage. I'm telling you, there's nothing greater than two people coming together with God in the midst. I'm talking about signs, wonders, miracles. Things can happen when we pray. I'm not talking about begging God, pleading with God, telling God what he already knows. No, I'm talking about declaring, decreeing. And then if we got to ask God anything, we're asking him to reveal to us what we have in our marriage. Show us what we're missing in our love life. Make it plain to us how we need to love one another, how we need to be more caring and kind. These are the things that we need to be doing in prayer. So we're affirming one another, prophesying to one another, declaring and decreeing what the wife is, what the husband is. And I'm telling you, when you do this, the more you will want to come together and pray. Prayer is such an abused thing because most people don't know how to do it. But when we do it and do it right and do it consistently, I'm not saying that every day y'all need to pray because sometimes that may not be necessary. Yes, you need to be praying in your own personal walk with the Lord. There's some times that we come together as we are praying together. Together, where we just want to, again, love and affirm one another, that's necessary, right? And so, but when we do this, again, we just need to be making sure that in this prayer time, we're building one another up. We're encouraging one another. We're esteeming one another. We're saying to our spouses what we see, what God is saying to us about one another. That is so key. The question is, Does have you ever said to your wife in prayer what the Lord showed you about her that would build her up and vice versa? If not, you're robbing one another in prayer. What robs us from praying for one another is this four-letter word called life. Life gets in the way and we let life steal our time together in prayer. We let life come in, the bills, the kids, the demands, all of these things, what's going on in the world can creep into your marriage, but close the back door and the front door and the windows and the chimney, seal up all the cracks in prayer. And this time is about the two of you and what God is 
showing you about each other. I mean, I'm excited about that. So I want you to begin to build this, these seven things that I mentioned, build this, incorporate this into your marriage relationship, into the lives of your spouse and watch how things bud and change for you. It will work if you work it. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that this episode really blessed you. If it did, I want you to send me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. You can go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. There's a subscriber tab there. Put your email in there and click the send button. I'll send you a free PDF. And once a month, I will send you a newsletter to empower you. And finally, I'm always looking for financial partners who will partner with me to keep these episodes going. They do cost. So I want you to consider financially partnering with me. I want you to go to the website, thomasadeloach.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the website and you'll see a donation tab. Click that button. No dollar amount is too big or too small. I'm just asking you by the leading of the Lord to sow and God will be well pleased. He definitely believes in partners. So connect with me today. Listen, I'm praying for you. As always, believing God's best for you. Go out and do something amazing. Love your spouse. Don't take him or her for granted. Do it now. Do it today. And I promise you, your marriage will be blessed. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show, To Empower You. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer request, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.